The following episode of BG Mania is brought to you by OP Seat. Whether you're a master or grandmaster, you can't go wrong with OP Seat, the official gaming chair of Level Down Games. Featuring the ultimate level of luxury and performance, upgrade your battle station today with OP Seat, the best chairs in the business. to BG Mania, a weekly video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games, where we explore some excellent music and talk about our experience with each game. I'm Brian, joined as always by the guy I would love to say farewell to on the show. It's Frank. Brian, unbelievable. <laughs> For those just joining us, what we like to do here at BG Mania is challenge ourselves, never play the same track more than once, except for special occasion episodes like our anniversaries. So you're always guaranteed to hear something new, something fresh, and something exciting each and every week. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five-star rating and a review so we can continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Thanks are in order for the episode's official sponsor this week, OP Seat. We did it, dude. We have a sponsor now. So, uh, yeah, as you may have heard, OP Seat, they've officially sponsored us here at Level Down Games, and it's awesome. As you're going to hear, we, you know, they they provided the team with new chairs, and it's pretty freaking sweet. So thanks, uh, huge thanks to them over there, the uh, the entire team over at OP Seat. Uh, highly recommend these chairs. Frank and I are both using them right now, actually. Guys rock. Yeah, Frank and I are both using them right now, so it's actually pretty freaking cool. Getting to the episode this week, as I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, we are going to be doing another fan requested, another listener request here. And this time it comes from Steven over in Germany, and he requested us to do an episode on farewells. And his exact email is as follows. Hey, guys, thank you for doing an awesome podcast on video game music. Love to listen. I'd like to suggest an episode on farewell songs. And then he went on and, and he actually included a pick that we actually did include in the show 
So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have that here in a little bit. And it actually is one of Frank's picks. So we'll, we'll have that. But uh, I'm going to save it so we don't spoil what it is. But we went in a little bit further and uh, I, I had asked him exactly what we should do in terms of the farewell music. And uh, we, we narrowed it down to doing tracks that either play during like end credit scenes or tracks that are saying goodbye to a certain character. Maybe yeah, he said, you know, story driven games that have music that are saying farewell to the narrative or even music that could symbolize saying farewell to a franchise. He said all of that would technically fit the idea that he had for the episode. So that's what we've taken. And all 16 tracks somehow fit one of those categories. And, and we'll try to go in there and, and really talk about how each one actually fits when we get to the actual particular track. The uh, the opening track you heard for this episode on Farewell Music is my first pick. And that happens to come from Chrono Cross. The name of the track is Ephemeral Memory, which is also known as He Sang a Feeling. This game released here in North America, August 15th, 2000. Uh, one uh, Another member of Level Down Games, Sean, one of his all-time favorite games, composed by Yasunori Mitsuda, one of my all-time favorites in terms of video game composers. And this song, dude, it, it's really... It, it speaks to how depressing Chrono Cross is overall. And everything in the game, like, you are... You're saying goodbye. There's this alternate timeline where nobody remembers you except for your girlfriend who happens to also remember the day that you died 10 years ago. Uh, it, it's just it's such a depressing game. And this particular track, Ephemeral Memory, speaks really again, like I said, to how sad this entire story is. And what's even greater of an accomplishment that Yasunori Mitsuda was able to do with this track is that it, it, it's actually a remix of Marl's theme from Chrono Trigger with just a slightly lower pitch to reflect the depressing nature of, of Chrono Cross. It's so bleak. It's so it's full of despair. And it, it's such a drastic difference from Chrono Trigger. And I think that's what that's why so many people want there to be a third game in the Chrono series, because it really was left unfinished. So I, I'm still holding out for Chrono Break or whatever they decide to call it if they actually put this team back together and uh, and do something else in this franchise because the music in both Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross is absolutely phenomenal. And I would love to see this, uh, love to see it continue. So yeah, very depressing track. And I've actually noticed uh, a lot of what we have for the episode today, it is depressing. But saying goodbye, saying farewell to not only just like a person, but a, a game or a franchise or a story or something, it's actually kind of depressing. It is, you know, you, you grow accustomed to a character, you like them if the story's good. Uh, so yeah, saying goodbye is never a good, uh, easy thing in general, but you know, you, you build a relationship with this character over the hours that you play these games and yeah, it's one of those episodes you're gonna make me cry, Brian. Don't do this to me. I don't think it's going to be as sad as our emotional episode, but I do, but I do think we'll have some sad stuff in here just because it's the nature of the episode. So with that being said, I'm going to hit you something that, uh, a moment that actually was pretty sad for me uh, when it came up. Uh, this is from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, and the track is called I Stand Alone.
was I Stand Alone from Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Uh, came out November 8th, 2011. And that particular track was composed by Brian Tyler. I Stand Alone. I will not be uh, singing any Godsmack today. I'm sorry. Come on, man. What's wrong with you? No. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. I'm not the one who's so far away when I feel the snake bite into my veins. Oh, wait. You did it to me, Brian. Damn you. I can close my eyes and picture this scene. This is a... Uh, uh, a scene where you're actually saying goodbye. This is the uh, the the death of John Soap McTavish. Yes. Uh, it de- debuted in Modern Warfare Four, so you had him in three games. Well, no, he couldn't have debuted in Modern Warfare Four because this was Modern Warfare I'm sorry, Three. I'm sorry. Frank, Call of Duty Four. Lo siento mucho. I knew in my head. I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's an unfortunate thing that happens a lot. Because he he was he was in that he was in Modern Warfare two and then met his demise in three. Yeah, man, I died a hero. You know, my my, my favorite Englishman of all time. It was a sad moment. I mean, you it know, just, I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a first person guy. I'm not a first person shooter type of a guy. But he was a strong character. He was very likable, and and he made Modern Warfare fun, and he made it interesting. He did, and you know, the Modern Warfare two and three had great story. They did. They're, they're still the best in terms of Call of Duty stories, without question. I, I was never a Call of Duty guy, but those games sold me on the franchise, which is why I'm so sad that the most con- you know, Black Ops for four now or five gives a crap. It's a piece of garbage. We're on four. We're on four. Yeah. yeah. See, that's how little I care. You don't want to play Blackout, dude? Battle Royale. Come on now. Ninety nine other guys on the field and you have to try to survive. No, thank you. OK, <laughs> yeah, that, that breaks my heart in general. That's all. If anything, this, this is my farewell to the Call of Duty series as well. <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, I, I play Call of Duty when they have stories, but when they when they decided to get rid of the stories, especially with Black Ops Four, I, I never picked it up. And I t- and I told you on the Max Level podcast last year, I would not play. And you're like, oh no, you'll still play. No, I still haven't picked it up. Uh, when when I played those games, and I play first person shooters like Battlefield, like Titanfall, like everything that comes out that's an FPS, I play them for the campaigns. Once I'm done, Halo, I play Halo for the campaign. Once the campaigns are over, I tend not to go through and uh, play the multiplayer because it just doesn't interest me. It, it doesn't keep me hooked. I like to see the stories because I like the stories. I like the characters. It's, I'm a JRPG guy, so stories and characters are huge for me, along with the music. But once I'm done with that, I have no care in the world to go back and play the multiplayer because it's not fun for me. So, yeah, I don't I, know. I, I, I can respect that. It's uh, it's sad that that Call of Duty actually removed that out. So it is fitting, you know, kind of saying goodbye to that as well, because I really do think that going forward, there will only be multiplayer type stuff and battle royales. And, you know, there won't be actual big overarching campaigns anymore in these games because they're as as was proven with Black Ops 4. There doesn't need to be the game's still going to freaking sell. And that's unfortunate. Uh, I wish that would have I, I really wish it wouldn't have sold well, but it did. And we all knew it would. So that's what mm-hmm. it is. Uh but yeah, great music, obviously very emotional. I love the climax there towards the end of that song, dude. That oh, when it when it, when it, when it finally hits, yeah, and- that is that is so good. Uh, literally one of those one of those moments that just you know it's able to give you goosebumps because just of how powerful the music is at that point in time. So it's really really fun, very fun. Well, not fun, but no. fun. it's a fun track. <laughs> I liked it. I enjoy it. But uh, you, you kind of said goodbye there to a uh, to a franchise. So I think it's only fitting that I move now to a track where we actually are potentially saying goodbye to a franchise. And we definitely are saying goodbye to a character. 
From Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. This is the epilogue. And that was the epilogue from Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, which released here, well, actually released worldwide, May 10th, 2016. And the entire soundtrack was composed by Henry Jackman. As I mentioned, we really are saying goodbye right now to Uncharted. Yes, we had Uncharted, uh, the Lost Legacy release after Uncharted 4, but that was supposed to be DLC for Uncharted 4. That was supposed to be DLC content that they then turned into a standalone game. So I actually don't count that as something that's standalone. I do think that was still kind of wrapped up as wrapped up and included, so to speak, with Uncharted 4. But for those that have played Uncharted and yes, this is slight or not even slight. This is spoilers, I guess, a little bit for what happens in Uncharted 4. But it's been three years and it's been all over the place now. Naughty Dog is kind of moving on from Uncharted. I mean, obviously, they're working on The Last of Us Part 2, but after The Last of Us Part 2, they want to move on to something else entirely. Naughty Dog likes to develop their games in pairs or in trilogies. You look at Crash Bandicoot, you look at Jack and Daxter, you look at Uncharted, which was a fourth, but that was because Sony made them do a fourth because they wanted an Uncharted on PS4. Naughty Dog doesn't like to stick with one IP for more than just a couple games. They like to move on. They like to do different things. They like to challenge themselves to be better. And I 1000% respect that because I'm the same way. I like that's why we do BG Mania, where we always play new stuff, because I like the challenge of finding new things and not playing the same stuff more than once, except on rare occasions, as we mentioned. So I like that. And they did say that if Uncharted were to continue, which there are rumors now, I will say there are rumors that a that a new studio at Sony is working on an Uncharted game for PlayStation 5. 
if it were to continue, it would be starring Nate's daughter. So we potentially are saying goodbye to Uncharted as a franchise, but more realistically, we're saying goodbye to Nathan Drake, who is retiring. He's done. He's getting older. He wants to retire. Frank and I are making jokes that, you know, they'll bring him back like Indiana Jones style while we were listening <laughs> to it like one more time. And when, when he's 70 years old and you have a hundred year old Sully, Nate, come on now. I'm a hundred years old. I can't do this anymore. And he's just going to collect the crystal skulls. <laughs> aliens. That's right. Aliens. Exactly. You oh, know, God, they did that to us. maybe <laughs> maybe there will be another Nathan Drake Uncharted adventure where we're following a an old, old man, white haired Nathan Drake. Yes, he'd still be charming. He'd still be funny. More realistically, though, I think we just see him make cameo appearances in, in future That's Uncharted. Gonna happen. If they are starring his daughter, which that would be pretty cool to see, because then we're getting in the realm of like Tomb Raider and Laura Croft, where, you know, you have this badass girl, this badass female lead character. Nate's daughter could be that as well. So really, really enjoyed the story of Uncharted 4, and I would love to see where this series goes next if it does continue. But I will miss I will miss Nathan Drake as a lead character because the dude was charming and the humor was so on point. And that's just, you know, it's a solid track. It's it's setting the tone for what to expect moving forward They're You know, they're they're leaving it open, but kind of putting a close on it at the same time. And I and I like that a lot. It's a farewell for now. Exactly. You know what I think, Brian? You don't think much, but I'll let you I'll let you go. Uh, you know, this was a viewer suggested episode. OK, why, why, why don't we go ahead and actually play our viewers request? OK, or, or listener, listener, which which podcast. True. But you liked this submission that he put that he gave us so much. I, I, I literally gave him one of my, my picks. Yeah, because, you, you uh, just said that you I would let him take one of yours because you you liked it so much. That you're like, you know what? I would have probably picked this as well. So you 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 and him are just crossing over on this track and it is a great track. I can't wait to hear this uh, from Turrican 2. This is the aptly named Farewell.
And that was Farewell from Turrican 2. Uh, it came out in North America on the Amiga initial release in uh, 1991. And composed by the great German composer, Chris Hulsbeck. Right. Which is kind of super funny how, uh, you know, that I, I, and I hope that was done on purpose. I really do. If not, very funny coincidence. But yeah. I, uh, we, we did a little bit of digging. Now, Turrican 2 is a franchise I'm familiar, or Turrican, I guess I should say, is a franchise I'm familiar with, but I haven't played every game in the franchise. I want to say a lot of this music carries over between games because there's multiple different versions of this track in multiple different games. I'm assuming they carry over. It's a good possibility. You know, it's, it's when we have a successful franchise, usually your big songs carry over. Yeah, yeah. You look at, uh, I mean, you, again, we let's go back to Uncharted, which we just talked about. Nate's theme changes a little bit each time, but it's still Nate's theme every game, and they have it on the soundtrack every single time. It's mostly the same thing, so I think it's something similar to that. Now, this is the remastered version of this track because Steven, when he actually submitted this episode or submitted the idea for this episode, I guess I should say, he said that uh, his pick for the episode would be the following from Turrican 2, as we just mentioned by Chris Hulsbeck. And then he gave us the remastered version from the Turrican soundtrack anthology and then the original Amiga version as well. And, and Frank decided that, you know, you, you really loved this actual remastered version from the anthology release. The original is great as well. The original just, is really good because it's the Amiga and we love the Amiga here. We do. But uh, as soon as I heard this, it's like, ah, done. We're picking this. This is, this is taking my pick. Yeah, this is very, very good. And I, I'm, 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 I'm actually kind of surprised that you were. Uh, willing to, you know, have this be one of your picks because you're kind of a selfish person. You know, you... <laughs> you know what? No, I, I am at times, but uh, I do care about the fans. And if you're willing to suggest an episode to us, I will more than be happy to give you up a pick or two. But but not only that, you really did like this track enough that you... I did. Uh, that you could have saw I, yourself picking it as well, which is what I said. Like, that's why you, you took this instead of me because I would have done it as well. But you're the one that claimed it because you you really fell in love with this track. I, I think that it was definitely fitting for the episode. I was like, please, please take my spot. It's yeah. And thank it's, you, Steven. It's so good, man. When you get about two and a half minutes into that track and it just totally it just ramps up even more. And like you get that whole other beat going. Oh, yeah, dude, I was digging it. My, I mean, my head was going back and forth. I was really, really liking that track. It was, it was funky. I want to check out the rest of the soundtrack now. Like, um, yeah, yeah. It was, it was funky. It was good. It was a lot. You, of might, fun. You, might, you might hear them on another radio hour soon, because uh, I think you know what we actually, and I, I think we even mentioned this during the Amiga episode. We totally skipped over Turkin in that episode, and it was surprising because there did. was there were so many Turkin tracks that we found that were good, but for whatever reason, we didn't play any of them. So I remember even I think we specifically mentioned that in that episode. So, yeah, you're definitely going to hear more Turk in the future. Let's kick now to my next pick on the episode. This happens to come from Silent Hill, another game franchise. We are saying goodbye to you. The name of the track is Last Goodbye.
And that was Last Goodbye from Silent Hill, which released here in North. This is Silent Hill 1, PS original version, uh, North America, January 31st, 1999, composed by series composer Akira Yamioka, who I every time I say this, man, I love his work with Silent Hill. I like his stuff outside of Silent Hill as well. Uh, just I, I really think he just nails the aesthetic of Silent Hill and everything that it encompasses and, and is about Konami's never going to make another Silent Hill, though. They're never going to do it. That that sucks in general, but I just... You just made me feel really old to realize that Silent Hill's a 20-year-old game. Yeah, 20... twenty Actually, after, over 20 years old now, because uh, January 31st, 2019 is come and gone. So yeah, this is... Uh, the, wow. this, the series is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. I remember playing this new. <laughs> oh, me too. I, 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 did, I bought this game. I own this game. I loved this game. I was a Silent Hill person over Resident Evil back in the day on the original PlayStation. Silent Hill was my survival horror game of choice and my franchise of choice. Uh, just loved everything about this over Resident Evil. Now, I did like Resident Evil as well, but Silent Hill, that was my jam, dude. I loved it a lot. And as I just said, you know, there was supposed to be the, um, you know, Silent Hills, the Hideo Kojima yeah. version of Silent Hill for PlayStation 4 that Konami was working on that we saw with the teaser of PT that everyone freaked out about when the, the first time that someone got to the end of that little demo thing that they released, which I still have, and I will never delete because you can't re-download PT. So if you get rid of that, it's gone for good. But I was so hyped for the Norman Reedus version of Silent Hills which obviously now has somewhat been wrapped into Death Stranding, but it's totally a different type of a game than what Silent Hills was going to be. At least we think so. I was excited for that, and I was excited to see the franchise continue. Yeah, under a brand new, you know, a brand new director, someone taking the game and the franchise in a totally different direction. It was going to be awesome. And then they canceled it. Kadeo Kojima ended up leaving Konami. Things went to, you know, crap the bed. It was just a terrible, terrible situation. And... Really, Last Goodbye from the original Silent Hill, even though it's from the original Silent Hill 20 years ago, it really is telling this bleak future of Konami, this bleak future of Silent Hill. A very unsettling track. The way that the piano is used throughout that entire piece of music, it's very unsettling, it's haunting, it's eerie. And yeah, to me, it literally is just, you know, saying, hey, goodbye, Silent Hill, you know, we had fun with you, but hey, we're Konami and we don't want to make games anymore, so... It's, Damn it's a, you, Konami! Yeah, pretty much. It's very unfortunate, but I, I would I would love to see Silent Hill continue. We just know it's not going to, and that's unfortunate. So, farewell to Silent Hill. Yeah, it's always hard to say goodbye. Uh, how about another series that just came to an end? Um, this is from the Walking Dead Telltale game. And this track is Goodbye.
and that was goodbye from the Walking Dead game. Um, this uh, came. This was uh, episode four, if I'm not mistaken. Five. There was five episodes. This is from episode f- two. Uh, huh? This particular track. No, it's from episode five. Are you sure? Yeah. When you say goodbye to Lee. Okay. <laughs> that was the very that was the very end of the of the of the game of the first season of The Walking Dead was Lee strapped to the the heater and he had gotten bitten and he's like Clem, you know what you need to do. You know what you got to do. And this is like after at the entire point of The Walking Dead the first game was Lee instilling Training. all of these survival techniques to Clementine. And uh you you know, he gets bit in episode 4. And then episode five is all about like, you know, he's still trying to survive for Clem. He still wants to be there for her. But at the end of the day, he knows he's going to turn. He knows he's going to die. So, you know, he hands her the gun. He's like, you know, you know what you need to do. And the player has a choice. You can choose to shoot him or you can choose to not shoot him and let him turn. And the right thing to do is shoot him, which is what I chose to do. And this this track is playing in the background throughout that entire emotional scene, which not going to lie, I cried like that was a moment that I cried in gaming because that was so freaking sad and I was not expecting that to happen. And then, you know, the, the, it just set the tone for the Telltale narrative experience going forward. And the track is kind of saying goodbye to Telltale as well, which is no longer here. Brian, if you were ever chained to a radiator, I will totally shoot you, I promise. <laughs> if I'm going to turn into a zombie, isn't that the right choice? Oh, oh, you have to be bitten? That's not the right choice. That's called first degree murder. Oh, yeah, true. Which, you know, not uh, not something you want on your record. No, I don't need that on my resume. <laughs> now, if I, if I was bitten by a zombie, you know, and, and I was turning now, you know, you, you look at Ellie who gets bitten and she, from The Last of Us and she's, you know, immune. If I'm immune, because I'm pretty damn cool, let's be honest. If I have the immune gene in my system and I get bitten and I'm tied to a radiator, you better not shoot me if I'm immune. Come on now. I don't know if I can take that chance, Ryan. Um, <laughs> so this, this game though um, is composed by Jared Emerson Johnson. He is in the in-house for uh, Telltale Games, or was the in-house for Telltale Games. Unfortunately, Telltale Games is no longer a thing. He did everything for them, right? He did pretty much composed everything from, for from, all their from games. Bart's ta- from Bart's Tale all the way up to the Walking Dead final season. Yeah, and I think he even finished it. Like I think he's one of the ones that yeah, Skybound was, picked up, and he did episodes three and four after Telltale Games shut down over there at Skybound Games under uh, what, what what was the name of their team? Not bitten or once twice once bitten twice shy. <laughs> it, 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 it was something along those lines. I from, think it was not bitten from Great White, you know. But yeah, unfortunately, I, I was talking to Brian during the track. It's so sad. Like I'm, we're never going to get another Telltale game. I was dying to have the Wolf of Among Us too. Yeah, I wanted to see Batman continue. I wanted to see season three of, of Batman. I wanted more of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. They, they're actually, it was, it was a pretty cool story they told. Yeah, and it would have been nice to see Tales of the Borderlands too, because really that is one of the top three Telltale games of all time. That game is so freaking funny and so well done. Uh, I would have loved to see another one of that. It's just, you know, unless this team actually continues that kind of stuff, which I guess Skybound could do if they wanted to. But I don't know if that team really wants to continue these types of games because, I mean, you know, not beating around the bush, these types of games, unfortunately, did lead to the demise of Telltale. Because they only focused on those types of games. And I don't think they sold as well as we thought they did. They must not have. I, for one, will miss you. 
I definitely will miss them as well. I think these games are great and they they definitely deserve to be played. So I won't forget you, Telltale. I won't forget you, baby. Oh, dude, we should put some poison in here in this episode. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be a good way to have a good, that'd be a nice farewell as well. It gives a little poison. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's kick to my next track. And Pretty this bad. this happens to come from a Nintendo Wii game by the name of Fragile Dreams Farewell Ruins of the Moon. Little sleeper title that not a lot of people even have heard of, but uh, I do have in my collection and I'm proud to own it. The name of the track is Suki no Nukimori. was Suki no Nukimori, otherwise known as Warmth 
Where is it at? It's on here somewhere, right? It's on the moon. Warmth of the moon. There it is. Yeah, we 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 found it in the actual uh, Wikipedia I just page. For you. No, you didn't. Oh. It's in the Wikipedia oh, yeah. page of uh, Oi Tashima, who is the vocalist you're hearing on that track. Fragile Dreams, Farewell Ruins of the Moon is an action RPG. We know I love my action RPGs and just RPGs in general, especially JRPGs. Uh, composed by Riai Saito, and it released again on the Nintendo Wii here in North America, March 16th, 2010, uh, actually localized by Exceed Games, you know, our friends over there, and developed by Tricrescendo, which was a fantastic studio. They're still a studio. Uh, they just don't do much anymore. I think the last thing they helped work on was uh, Mario Sports Superstars for Nintendo 3DS <laughs> and uh, Bandai Namco. I love this game. I love this track. And uh, we, we did some digging into Oi Tashima because her voice is so beautiful. Uh, she is known for singing and acting in several Goro Miyazaki films, including Tales from Earthsea and From Up on Poppy Hill. And uh, Goro Miyazaki, obviously, is, as you may or may not know, because Frank did not know, is the uh, son of Hayao Miyazaki, the actual, you know, guy that founded Studio Ghibli. So, uh, I've, I'm, seen, I've seen many of his movies. I've seen quite a few of his movies. Uh, huge fan of Studio Ghibli stuff. And uh, the fact that we know his son is going to continue on, uh, you know, it'll continue on Miyazaki. Well, he is a Miyazaki as well, but that that namesake is going to live on with uh, with Studio Ghibli. And I, I'm, I'm so excited about that, man. But farewell, uh, farewell dreams, fragile dreams, farewell ruins of the moon is is a pretty depressing game in and of itself. It's a pretty depressing game. And this particular track is the credits theme, and it's meant to kind of pay tribute, so to speak, to Ren, who is one of the characters in the game, pay tribute to to Ren's life, because the game itself takes place in a post apocalyptic world and the nature of this track represents a planet that human life no longer exists on except for two people and that's Sato and Ren and the epilogue of the game actually says that Sato outlives Ren and dies alone so this particular track playing in the credits is paying tribute to Ren's life and showcasing this great sadness of Sato's love given it after playing, you know, you find out all this type of stuff that's going on and how they were the only two people left and, you know, there, there's no hope left for the future except for like these small glimmers here and there. And it's it's somber, but at the same time, the lyrics, when they're translated, they're quite beautiful. They're, you know, they the English, they're, they're loose, loose English translations, but, you know, they, they just talk about a, a dream of a life that you never woke up from. And, you know, you're lured into this deep slumber. It's a touching track. It's quite beautiful. And uh, if you like sleeper hits and you like games that really don't get the recognition they deserve, this is a game that's worth seeking out on the Wii. It's I think it's one of the better ones. Speaking about Wii, uh, games that don't get the credit they deserve. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, the greatest Legend of Zelda game that Brian has ever played. That Brian's never finished because it sucked. Get rid of the motion controls. You bite your tongue. From Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, this is Fee's Farewell.
And that was Fee's Farewell from The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, that came out November 20th, 2011. So Frank, is there a character named Fee in this game? <laughs> or is there? <laughs> no, obviously, I, I, I have to know certain things about games. And, you know, there's no spoilers that I don't know about Skyward Sword. So uh, this is when you say farewell to her. Uh, composed by Takeshi Hama. Yes. I love that Japanese flute. It's so good, man. I just, it tastes, I, I, I love the Japanese flute in general. It's one of my favorite parts in Kill Bill is, is when that music comes on. Do, 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 do. I should learn to play an instrument. Now, to, Takeshi Hama, because I know there were more, there were other composers that, that, that that's that you actually found the breakdown of this game, like to find out who. Yeah, oh, cool, I, I, cool. I really had to do that because, you know, there was a whole litany. Because I know uh, Hajime Wakai and all that, you know, they were also involved with Skyward Sword. And I think Hajime Wakai was like the main composer of Skyward Sword. But uh, there were like three or four other composers that worked with uh, with him on, on the game. Uh, I, it's a Zelda game that I've never finished and a Zelda game that I really want to play, man. I want to play this game. I get you. I understand why you don't. The, the, yeah, I refuse to right now. The music sucks. The, 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 the motion. The music controls. is so bad in this game that we're playing a track from it right now. No, the uh, the motion controls, man, I wasn't a huge fan of. And yeah, I know I just played a Wii game, but or, or a track from a Wii game, but the only games I really liked on the Wii were ones that you didn't really have to do a lot of things with the the motion controls. Now, Fragile Dreams, you know, the nunchuck kind of controlled Sato's movement and the it was it wasn't as bad as like one to one movement. And that's what Skyward Sword was you know that was one of their big selling points is that it's one-to-one movement you know you have to swing you have you to have do all to this ha- stuff you had, you had to have the wiimote plus as well you yes had to be- it had to be one-to-one which i thought was a very crappy thing to do because twilight princess i was able to get through on the wii even though i much preferred that game on the gamecube with a gamecube controller the way that game was meant to be played uh i just I, I never could get into Skyward Sword. I tried a few different times. I own the game still. I literally sitting on my shelf. I still own the game. It actually came with a very sweet gold disc soundtrack. Every time I tried to fire it up, man, I would get like an hour, two, three hours into it. And then just the motion controls would just be, get to be too much for me. And I had to stop because I don't find that fun. I really hope the rumors are true that Skyward Sword is being remade for the Nintendo Switch. Obviously, we know we're getting Cadence of Hyrule this spring. Look for an episode on Cadence of Hyrule when that game comes out later this uh, spring. We're going to be doing an entire episode on that because that is going to be so much fun. But later this fall, we're getting Link's Awakening remake. I'm really hoping if we're not getting a true sequel, like a true Breath of the Wild 2 next year, that Skyward Sword is our 2020 Zelda game. I'm hoping. Now, there's nothing saying that Skyward Sword can't be the spring summer game and Breath of the Wild 2 can't be the fall winter game because that could still happen. We are technically getting two Zelda games this year and there have been several years where we've gotten two Zelda experiences. But I just want to play Skyward Sword. I want to experience the game, but I want to sit there and do it with my pro controller. Yeah, I, I, I still I can respect that because it's a great game. But that was the one thing I didn't like was the actual motion control itself. Yeah. But the soundtrack from what we listened to, we did an entire episode. Well, we we split it. I think we did this one in like a link. Yeah, we did the whole series. But I think the episode we did, Twilight uh, Skyward Sword, was split with, I want to say, A Link Between Worlds, if I'm not mistaken. But it could have been something different. Everything that we've heard from this game, at least everything I've heard from the music of this game, I've really, really, really enjoyed. And I know there's some great dungeon designs in Skyward Sword. So I want to play this game. 
Nintendo, I know you're out there. I know everyone listens at Nintendo. I want to see Skyward Sword redone for the Nintendo Switch with Pro Controller support. Let's make it happen. Come on now. Doug, you hear me? Make it happen. Doug Bell. Yeah, we got to rely on Doug now, who's unfortunately not a Brentwood native. So we're kind of losing some clout over there at Nintendo. It's OK. I'll, I'll put a good word with Reggie. He'll, let, he'll make it like an edict before he leaves. He'll leave, you know, just write it into the rules of Nintendo. <laughs> but your timing could not have been better, man, because coming up next, I also have a track from the Legend of Zelda franchise. What, what? Yeah, except I am going to what I feel like even after I play Skyward Sword, I still think I'm going to feel like this is a better game because this is one of my top Zelda games of all time from the Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. This is farewell, Hyrule King. But before we listen to that, a quick word about our sponsor featuring Sean from the Max Level Podcast. Dude, my butt hurts. What? Come on, man. I don't want to hear about that again. Not again. No, 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 man. Look, look. I've been stuck in this crappy chair forever. Oh, 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 we're talking about your chair. Okay. Well, in that case, let me tell you a little something about OP Seat. They carefully combined cold molded foam and their sturdy metal frame, sturdy metal frame, to each chair they manufacture to create an incredibly comfortable and long lasting seat. Sean, I kid you not. This is the same leather. You can walk out your door right now. You can you can huff it down five miles to your local car dealership and you could find the same leather and high end cars. It's durable yet soft. And let me tell you, so freaking nice. It sounds like you're just making stuff up, dude. Don't don't even try to hype me over here. Come on, dude. I, I'm all, I'm trying to get you excited. I'm telling you with OP seat, you can even set the angle of your seat base up to 12 whole degrees, Sean, 12 degrees off parallel to give you the perfect position at your desk. Plus, I'm telling you, I tried this. The chair, it reclines all the way back, baby. If you want the back of your head touching the floor, you can make that happen. But the best part is, I'm telling you right now, the best part is these ergonomic pillows. The headrest and lumbar support pillows are adjustable to provide support exactly where you need it most. And if you don't need it, hey, guess what? They're removable too. Seriously, you'll thank me later. But best of all, Sean, your butt's gonna thank me later. Sounds like you can't go wrong with OP Seat, the official gaming chair of Level Down Games. Check them out over at OPC.com and make your butt as happy as mine today.
And that was Farewell Hyrule King from The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker, which originally released on the Nintendo GameCube March 24th, 2003. And we were able to find out that I believe what that it's obviously so that is a that is a reprise of a, a couple different classic Legend of Zelda pieces of music that we've heard before. So the original composer, because it was what was it? It was Hyrule Castle from A Link to the Past and the dungeon music from the NES Zelda, correct? Yes. Those were composed by Koji Kondo. The composer of this track on The Wind Waker, this composition with everything together, was Kenta Nagata doing these covers on piano. And it's very melancholy. It's very sad because the name of the track is Farewell Hyrule King. And as you can tell there, and from anyone that's played... The Wind Waker, Hyrule Castle, Hyrule as a land in the Wind Waker is underwater. And you get to the end of the game and you're able to kind of like restore Hyrule, so to speak. But it has to be flooded again. It has to be, you know, the water has to still be there. So at the end, you know, the Hyrule King or the what was it? King of the Red Lions, I think, was the actual name yes. of the ship who actually is the Hyrule King in the entire game. Like you, you find that out, but decides that he's going to stay behind and protect Hyrule as a as a place, I guess, so to speak, or as a as a thing. So, yeah, it's it's an arrangement of Hyrule Castle from Link to the Past. It's, it has elements of the dungeon music from the NES Zelda and it's somber. It's depressing. You are saying goodbye to not only the king of Hyrule, but this once thriving kingdom of Hyrule as well. And now it's nothing more than a memory. It's in the past and you're moving on and you're going to go do some bad games with Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks because those are in the same timeline. After Wind Waker, you <laughs> move on to those two games. You, you're moving on to new Hyrule because old Hyrule is sitting under the water with the corpse of the king of Hyrule. <laughs> so I, we got to mention those violins, dude. The violins that are in that track, yeah. the piano that Kenta Nagata is just absolutely nailing. And as the piano notes start increasing, that's to represent the water as it starts to pour back into Hyrule at the under the ocean. Dude, it's so sad. It's so somber. But it's powerful. It's it is. it's grand in a grand way and it's majestic as only Nintendo can do with Zelda. Such a great piece of music. I got you nailed it. Absolutely. And he always does, man. Kenta Nagata is so freaking good. Like, I love listening to his music. It is very special. He is up there in terms of the best of the best at Nintendo. Hopefully one day he'll compose the music for the level down games. The game is that going to be like the angry video game nerd game. It's going to be pixelated and yes, I think they already made that. It's called Guacamelee and it stars you. I say we do level down games, the movie, the game, the, mo the game, the movie. Both. No, that's it. Double Down Games, the game, the movie, the movie, the game. That's the name of the that's the name of the game. Or is it the name of the movie? That would definitely be a Japanese title because it has about seven words in it, so we're good there. Um <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't topping that, so where are you going next? I'm just gonna top you out in, in just a sad moment that actually it touched your boy right here, deep down in his heart. Through all the cholesterol. <laughs> and the sodium and the 
Oh yeah, and the the right, four pop, okay. the four popsicles you've eaten as we record this episode. I have three. Uh, there's a, there's a fourth one on your desk, Frank. I can see it. Oh, trust me, it's there. Uh, <laughs> from Marvel Spider-Man, this is no other choice. And that was no other choice from Marvel Spider-Man. Uh, the game just came out September 7th, 2018. Composed by John Paisano. Hey! 10 out of 10 at loveitongames.com. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. This happens at a very sad moment. Um, Aunt May dies. Uh, she... she There's the option of, you know, either saving everyone else or saving herself. And there really is no other choice, as the title track says. You don't get to choose either. It is a narr- it is a narrative driven thing. She pretty much it's she makes that choice for the most part. Yes. You know, and she tells me like you have to do the right thing. I, I like how you just said she tells me like you're Spider-Man. Come on now. Oh, not okay. <laughs> <laughs> like how you casually slipped that in there. I, I, I wore my hats. Yeah, so it's it was, it was a touching moment. It really, it really got me. I did not expect this to happen in the slightest. Uh, I didn't either. Like I, y- y- you tend to think going into these types of games that there's probably going to be like a happy ending. Yeah. Not really. Not this time. 
And it was a very powerful moment from a game that, again, I said, it's a 10 out of 10 leveldowngames.com. I personally wrote the review. I, I loved this game. One of the, actually probably not even one of the best comic book superhero video game ever made. Just the Absolutely. way the way that you're able to cruise around this fictional New York City, this fictional Manhattan as uh, as Spider-Man and just the web slinging, the combat. You know, the, I feel like I feel like they took everything that was great from the Batman Arkham games, which are great games and made it better and elevated it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so good. Uh, really, I, I am hoping that Insomniac is working on a direct sequel to this. I would love to see what they do next with this and where they take the story, because the narrative, not only like the, the sadness that we saw with Aunt May passing away, but the the narrative that they were able to build around Peter and around Mary Jane and around uh even uh, the Dr. Secondary, Otto Octavius, yeah, the, the the main boss of the game, you feel for him the entire game. You actually care about this guy, yeah. And like the the villains, a lot of them left unsolved. Now I know they did release some DLC that I have not had a chance to go around and playing yet, and uh, maybe maybe some of the ones that I'm that I'm more excited for, maybe those were solved in the uh, in the DLC packs, but. I would love to see what they do with a direct sequel as well, because this was a great game. You platinumed it, did you not? I did. I I love this game through and through. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, I would like to see where it goes next. What was the uh, oh man? I, now, I'm not a huge person when it comes to knowing my superheroes and, and the names of them, but the uh, the the Silver Sable, that's her name, right? Yeah. I want to see more on that. I want to see more on that character. And I know they did a DLC um, on that. I, I'm pretty sure she features in the DLC. I still actually haven't played it myself. And I have And the it. the other the the like the the black cat character or what what is her name? Black cat. Oh, there you go. There you go. I thought there I thought she had a different name. Mar Mar Marvel sometimes is very on the nose of their names. <laughs> I actually thought there was another name for that, but I guess not. But uh I loved that whole storyline of like finding her relics and finding the, you know, the little statues or plushies or whatever they were and, and taking pictures of them. And that's how you actually like communicated with her. That was a lot of fun, man. This game was a pleasure to play through. And, and I really do want to see what they are able to do next with this franchise. And uh, hopefully they're able to make touching moments like we saw with this one, just like they, you know, like, like it may be in a sequel. I don't know what I'm trying to say at this point. But uh, yeah, Aunt May, it was very sad, very sad. There's got to be a sequel. Look at the end of the game. There's got to be a sequel. There's going to be a sequel. Yeah, we're not going to spoil the end of 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 the end. Yeah, what am I trying to say? We're not going to spoil the end of the game. But, whew, man, there's got to be a sequel. His fingers. <laughs> Avenge the Fallen. Avenge the Fallen. Uh, all right, man. Let's go ahead and move on to another pick here on this episode. But we're looking at farewell music as requested from one of our listeners over in Germany, Steven. I want to move to a game and a franchise that we may actually have seen the end of. Now, this hasn't been confirmed yet, but the actual developers of the game have moved on to different things and the publishers of the game have been focusing on only two IPs. And the third game in the series was actually developed by the studio that only makes two games now. So we may have actually seen the end of this particular franchise. And if so, that's unfortunate. From Max Payne 2, 
The Fall of Max Payne. We have the end credits theme, which is done by Poets of the Fall, which was actually done for this game and then later released on their debut CD two years later. The name of the track is Late Goodbye. Goodbye, such a late goodbye. 
And that was Late Goodbye, as done by Poets of the Fall from Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne, which released here in North America on October 14th, 2003 on the PlayStation 2, Xbox and PC. It was published by Rockstar, which Rockstar published. I believe they published all three. I know they definitely did two and three. I think they also did one and uh, developed by Remedy Entertainment, which has moved on to, you know, they did Alan Wake, they did Quantum Break, and now they're working on Control, which comes out this August. Uh, Max Payne 3 was developed and published by Rockstar. And as I mentioned, well, I didn't mention it, but Rockstar Games is really only working on two games now, two two franchises, uh, Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto. Stop that, okay? Could you have Bully to work on, you sons of bitches? I don't think they're going to do another Bully, dude. I I, I really don't. I, I just don't think they have the... I, they have the that manpower. That my next track from the game Bully. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they have the manpower. They have the, uh, you know, they have a massive team over there. But they are really focusing in on their two heavy hitters. So I, I tend to think that we aren't going to see Bully. What are we on Bully 2? We're not going to see another Midnight Club. We probably will never see something that is new from from Rockstar, except for... I want a sequel to Table Tennis. Man, that's the only one I don't care if we never get a sequel for. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so, you know, this, this, again, this takes place in the credits, and I don't... we, we've done some spoiler stuff here in the episode, and I, I'm trying not to make everything a spoiler, so I don't really want to talk about how and why and what you're saying goodbye to, but I just want to say as an overall, we are technically kind of bidding farewell to Max Payne as a potential franchise, because I'm not sure that we're going to see another one. But yeah, so Late Goodbye, it was done, as I said, by Poets of the Fall, and they're a Finnish rock band. This appeared, obviously, in Max Payne 2, whereas it debuted there. And then it would eventually release on the band's debut album, Signs of Life, which came out in 2005, two years later. Is how that worked. So they were, yeah, they were able to get it on that. Yeah, it was written exactly for the video game, which is a a a loophole clause we're able to use here at BG Mania because we generally don't play licensed music because, you know, like, say, you know, Frank would be picking tracks from Guitar Hero and Rock Band all day long if he could. But come on now, I'm a little more deep than that. Tony Hawk's Park Skater and Crazy Guy. Okay, okay, fair enough. We'd be, we'd, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we'd be getting that all day long. But oh, yeah. if the actual song was written for a game and released in the game before it came out on a CD, it counts because that was done for a game. The Offspring wasn't done for Crazy Taxi. <laughs> in my heart, it was. Yeah, but fantastic song. I actually really enjoy Poets of the Fall. I think they're a great band. And, uh, you know, it, it was a fitting conclusion to Max Payne, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm going to take you to a track here uh, for a moment in the video game that it really it's, it still sticks with me. Uh, and this is for a moment that was really touching to me. Uh, probably one of the most touching moments in all video game history. And I hope you'll agree um, from Halo 4. This is Green and Blue.
and that was Green and Blue from Halo 4. Uh, came out November 6, 2012, composed by Neil Davidge. Talk about some symbolism. Yeah, Green and Blue, it, it's... The, the, uh, of course, it's Green and Blue like the Earth, but Green and Blue, Cortana, and Chief. Yeah, Chief being Green, Cortana being Blue. And this is their goodbye. I mean, uh, her systems are... She says, I can't go with you on this one. Her systems are being destroyed down below. This is like her last little fragment saying goodbye to John. It hurts, man. Like, she was your constant companion. You actually care. Even though she's not real, per se, she's still real to me, damn it. She's still... So, and to, and, and that, that, that poses a question that we're going to eventually come to in reality in, in terms of AI having a consciousness type of a thing. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to get to that point eventually. I mean, yeah. Some say we are actually already there if you look at some of the robots and how smart those things are like can they are they able to develop a consciousness and are they able to have independent thought and i i do think we'll get to the point where I they hope can not because I, I feel like alexa hates me well she absolutely does Sorry, I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> but i think that eventually we'll get to that point i actually stopped talking to because i was waiting for her to actually like chime in Halo 4, though, not one of my favorite Halo experiences. I, I kind of fell off from Halo after 3. Halo 4 was just okay. Halo 5 wasn't that good at all. But seeing the continued story of Chief and Cortana is the reason that I played those games. So that was cool to see. That was something they, they always did well. The story was always great in these Halo games. Um, we even mentioned that on max level. But, you know, Brian plays these games for the story. We actually hell, mentioned it hell, here. Hell, he mentioned it earlier in this episode as well. Oh, let's say I mentioned it earlier in this episode. It's the, those are drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> or don't eat four popsicles during the filming of uh, a BG Mania. Yeah. Your brain goes all over the place. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, what's those violins kicking on this track, man? Oh, it's so good. So beautiful. It is so good. I, uh, I, I actually even mentioned, I was like, man, that is just so impressively well done. Uh, it, it is a beautiful track, man. It really is a beautiful track. It was a great. I'm just, glad, I'm just glad Cortana still lives as the AI on my Windows 10 PC. That's true. That is definitely true. Uh, all right, man, let's move on to our next piece of music. And this happens to come from another fairly recent release. It came out towards the end of last year from Shadow of the Tomb Raider. This is Goodbye, PyTT.
And that was Goodbye Paititi, otherwise known as the ending song from Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which just released worldwide on September 14th, 2018, of which Level Down Games was featured in the old uh, Accolades trailer. If you haven't seen that yet, go check that out. It debuted during the Game Awards last year. Uh, very briefly, when Laura is jumping into the water, you'll see some scores scroll by. The 9.5 you see in the top right-hand corner, it'll it'll be tagged as Level Down Games, so we actually were in their Accolades trailer. Uh, you know, shout out to the team over at Square Enix and Idols Montreal. They did provide us with a review copy to do that. But I loved this game. I thought it was one of the better games of 2018. I was surprised that, you know, Shadow of the Tomb Raider didn't do well. I mean, it did well critically, but I thought it would do a lot better than it did critically. I gave it a 9.5, like I said. And uh, average for this game was anywhere from like a 7.5 to an 8. So I I tended to like this a lot more than other people did. But uh, Goodbye Pi TT again, that's the ending song. And, and you really are, are saying goodbye to this journey. You're saying goodbye to these you're not really saying goodbye to the people of Paititi. I, I do. Th- I wasn't able to find what uh, who is actually doing the vocals there, but I do think that is some form of Latin American language, whether it's Spanish, whether it's I don't know. Does Peru have their own language? Spanish. Peruvian. Peruvian no, fly. People, per- Peruvian people, fly traps. Is that a thing? People are Peruvian. Yeah. Actually, uh, fly traps are uh, from North Carolina. Fun fact. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. So I, I really do think it's just some form of Spanish that 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 that, that is being sung there. And uh, this, in my opinion, because Laura Croft stays behind, like she stays in Pi TT. She wants to help them rebuild this lost city. She wants to stay there because she's so enamored with the culture through the through the journey of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. She's so she falls in love with it. And, you know, she helps out the the leader there who, you know, spoilers aside, we're not going to get into everything. But end of the day, she decides she wants to stay there and help out Pi TT and help out this culture. I think we may have seen the end of Tomb Raider for a while. You know, the the Tomb Raider reboots, they weren't doing as well as Square Enix wanted them to. They weren't, you know, they, they weren't selling as well as they wanted them to. They weren't getting as critically received as they wanted them to. And I do think that they're going to be kind of focusing on something else going forward. Camilla Luddington is, I think, moving on from the role of Laura Croft. I don't think she's going to be doing that anymore anyway. So I, I think right now we are pretty much saying goodbye to not only Tomb Raider as a franchise, but Laura Croft as a character. She didn't die, but she's going away for a while. So it may be a while, much like Nathan Drake, much like, you know, very, very similar franchise that we played and talked about earlier in the show. It might be a while before we see something else in terms of Tomb Raider. And that really makes me sad because it's been such a staple since, you know, it debuted on the PlayStation. This thing has just been there. It's been present and not knowing the future of this franchise with that. I absolutely love and a character that I absolutely love. And let's be honest. I think Camilla Luddington did it best in terms of Laura Croft. I love her accent. I love the way that she was able to portray this character. It saddens me, man. And I, and I, and I would love to see this continue. I love to see something else. Cause I think there's very much, there's so many more stories that can be told there. But it might be a while before we see something else. Might be a while. Second only to Angelina Jolie. Um, no, man. Camilla Luddington was better. Yes, because that movie was because the, the Angelina Jolie movie sucked. Um, <laughs> you got two left. Yeah. 
I told you even in the beginning, I was gonna, I was a toss up between which two I wanted to finish off with. So uh, I'm gonna go for Metal Gear Solid. Okay, all right. This track is called Enclosure. That was Enclosure from Metal Gear Solid. Uh, game came out here uh, September 3rd, 1998, and uh, was composed by uh, Kazuki Muraka. Uh, this game, this song, is synonymous with the death of Sniper Wolf. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very, very touching scene. It really is. Uh, this is a series that I, I mentioned before. I slept on this series for years. I didn't play this up until a few years ago, and I went through the entire series. Um, you feel for Sniper Wolf, she's, she, even though she's a bad guy, you, you feel for her because it's it's a tragic story for everyone through and through. They, they were all pawns in this in this, this whole ploy. Yeah. Even, even her last words to, to Snake are, okay, hero, set me free. Yeah. You know, after everything she's been through, you know, Snake has to just put two between her eyes. And the track has a, a great way, much like some of the other things we heard throughout this episode, and it really just is synonymous with farewell music. But it slowly builds up to that powerful climax. And then the strings just really start just going to town and really hammering home the the sorrow and the grief and the sadness. And, you know, they, they, they really do it perfectly in terms of painting this imagery and painting this scenery of uh, of goodbye, of farewell. You know, Sniper Wolf, someone that you're, you know, you're on the opposite end of the battlefield from. You're doing battle with this person, yet you're still able to have this moment with them at the end, like to to set them free, as you just said. That's super cool. 
And, and, and yeah, it's very touching. It's very sad, but it's done in such a tasteful way. Especially when Otakon like asks for like you know, to, to to talk to her before she dies. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know like there's something that they, they feel for each other. It's because he doesn't feel she's a bad person. He knows that there's still good in her. And yeah, Kojima wrote the perfect game. This this was, in my opinion, the best Metal Gear. I agree. Well, I don't know if it was the best Metal Gear. I still think two's the best Metal Gear. Two's you'll really good. Get, you'll, you'll never get to be agree on that one. Yeah, two's two's really, really, really strong. Uh, all right. Well, I have one pick left, I guess, and I saved the one that I wanted to complain about the most, I guess, and really just <laughs> lament on at the end of the show for last, because it's something that we shouldn't have had to say goodbye to, but the mismanagement of the game the most recent game and then his management of the studio has led us to potentially saying goodbye to such an iconic franchise from mass effect three in particular, the Citadel DLC. This is farewell and into the inevitable. And that was Farewell and Into the Inevitable from the Citadel DLC of Mass Effect 3. Composed by Sam Hewlick, one of the main composers of the Mass Effect trilogy, or just Mass Effect in general. Mass Effect 3 itself came out on March 6th, 2012. That was on the uh, PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. It would eventually hit the Wii U with a much stripped-down version later in that year on November 18th, 2012. And the Citadel was the best-received in terms of the DLC, and it also earned a nomination 
for best DLC, actually, at the, uh, the Game Awards when they used to be held on Spike TV, if you remember that. Uh, the Citadel DLC itself came out March 5th, 2013, and it added numerous missions, several gambling and arcade minigames, but the main point of the Citadel DLC was Commander Shepard rallying uh, the crew to help him or her, you can play as a guy or girl, investigate an attempted identity theft and prevent the hijacking of the Normandy. And uh, you're able to experience as Shepard additional character interactions with crewmates and friends from the series, which was, for whatever reason, absent from the main game. Now, I take ish. I love Mass Effect. I love Mass Effect 2. I really do like Mass Effect 3, except for the ending where you're literally choosing a color for the ending, a green, red or blue. Uh, you know, what color explosion do you want? Because nothing else matters. That's really what the issue is with Mass Effect 3. And because of the stupidity of, of you know, them not allowing your choices to really affect the conclusion of Shepard's trilogy, which they've been saying from the start that it would allow you to have these different endings and allow these different things. But it all comes down to your choices didn't matter. And you're literally choosing a color, a red, green or blue. And then they went on to try to do Mass Effect Andromeda, which just absolutely sucked. I mean, I, a lot of places given that game a 4 out of 10, a 5 out of 10, high-end 6 out of 10, like, you know, you, you went from having games on Metacritic with Mass Effect 1 through 3 sitting in, like, the 90s to Mass Effect Andromeda on Metacritic sitting at a 70. So, they, they just, and, and while a 70 isn't bad by any means, there were still a lot of people out there that liked Andromeda for what it did. It was average at best, in terms of critical reception. And that's why I think Mass Effect is on the hiatus it is right now. I mean, Casey Hudson, you know, he's back at Bioware. He's expressed interest in wanting to get back and trying to take Mass Effect back to where it was in the original trilogy when he was there before he left. And I, I, I really just think after Anthem, after the, you know, the issues that Anthem is having, we know that Bioware is working on Dragon Age 4 next. They already announced it at the Game Awards last year. We we know that's coming next. So Mass Effect is on hiatus for a while. Depending on how Dragon Age does, I think really could dictate EA deciding to keep Bioware around or not. Mass Effect Andromeda might be the last Mass Effect experience we ever get. And if okay. so, I, I, exactly. If so, that's a damn tragedy because that game wasn't that good and the entire trilogy and franchise itself just ended on such a sour note and that track really hits that somber sour note perfectly as you not only say goodbye to your crew from the original trilogy of the game but potentially saying goodbye to the to the franchise in general uh and not Shane Douglas so I don't know, man. I just I, I really, really do enjoy Bioware as a team. I loved Knights of the Old Republic, as I say all the time. Love Dragon Age, love Mass Effect. I just liked what they did. But ever since they've been really just, you know, an, an EA studio, an EA development team, it's just been mistake after mistake. And I, I'm really hoping that Dragon Age 4 is able to turn that around 
and uh, we're able to get things back the way they were with Bioware because it's what needs to happen. Peace and progress, Bioware. Make it happen. I'll, I'll buy Dragon Age just to make sure this game happens. I'd, I, I would appreciate that. Thank you. So yeah, I'm gonna close out with the end of the game that uh, it's the last in, the last in line, uh, mainly because it's not a titular isn't hero. That, isn't that a Dio song? We're the last in line. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because our titular character, uh, he sacrifices himself to save everyone else. Um, so I'm gonna close out with Ciel de Ob, which is the epilogue song from Mega Man Zero Four. Uh, the game came out October 4, two thousand five. And this track, composed by Ipo Yamada. So we got, we got, we have, we have a great uh, composer. Yeah. There. Okay. Recognize the name for sure. <laughs> this is one of those moments. Like it just, it's so sad. But like he died the hero's ending. Like he sacrifices himself for the betterment of for everyone else. The and, way uh, the way a hero wants to go out. That that's that's the way to go out. As yeah. Hero, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, it just sucks because Zero is such a great character. I would love to be playing more Zero games. Uh, who knows? You know, we could do time travel or something, get him back. Mega Man 12. I, I, I guess it's possible. <laughs> there could be a way to bring him back. Part of me doesn't want him to come back because it was the perfect ending for him. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I respect the, the way he went out like a real G. Okay. Um, that's really all I got for that one. Uh, I think the song will speak for itself. It's, it's, it's a beautiful track, um, and it's definitely somber. And you can tell you can tell you know, it's the end of an era. Because because of a great man, robot, android, being whatever being. Yeah. And it is a great piece of music, man. It, and I even said, like, when listening to this, it has, while it has that somber feel that we've heard in a lot of music, it has an eerie tone to it as well. Like, there's there's bits and pieces of it that sound somewhat spooky. Yeah, and uh, like I said, Capcom, I love you. Remake this game. Just remake oh, it? Oh, remake the series. Oh, okay. Remake I was going to say, you're, you're okay with just a remake then, huh? From the ground up in VR. I don't think you're going to get that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you're going to be getting a uh, ground up remake or whatever. Uh, I'm not getting a ground up remake of a Mega Man game. They're not going to make Mega Man Zero Four ground up without doing the rest of them first. So yeah, but yeah, let's put the shot. Can I throw it out there? Throw some feelers out. Yeah, I mean it's uh, a nice dream to have, but probably not going to happen. Sorry to say. A boy can dream. Unfortunately, man. I think that's going to bring us to the close of the show this week. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about before we say farewell and get on out of here. Uh, just thank you again, Stephen, for giving this idea for an episode. If you guys have ideas for episodes, keep them coming. Yeah, yeah, we, we gladly will keep scheduling them into the schedule. Uh, I've cleared a majority of the calendar. We're just going to take things like one step at a time now. I'm not going to schedule things out a year in advance like we have been in the past because <laughs> I, I like having a lot of wiggle room to do certain things like, you know, schedule these listener episodes in. Or, you know, a, a game recently just got announced this week that I want to do a an episode on the franchise of it in a couple weeks. So, you know, keeping the calendar open allows us to do certain things like that. So absolutely, as Frank just mentioned, if you have suggestions for us, uh, you're going to hear how to submit those in just a minute. But uh, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania made possible by leveldowngames.com. And thanks again to OP Seat for sponsoring both the episode and level down games. Check them out officially at opseat.com and uh, 
see why they are the official chairs of Level Down Games. Don't forget to submit tracks, ideas, and requests for future episodes to bgmania at leveldowngames.com. So if you have that idea that we just talked about that you want to have us do an entire episode dedicated to it, bgmania at leveldowngames.com. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash level down games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, hit up twitch.tv slash level down games and click that follow button. We're trying to make a push for as many subs as we can get on YouTube. We're trying to make a push right now for 4,000 crazy that we literally just were talking about 3,000. I feel like less than a month ago, but we're 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 growing and we're making that push for 4,000 now. So if you haven't subbed to us yet over there, do that and uh Again, I mentioned Twitch. We don't go live often on Twitch. If we ever do coverage of game conferences, it it does tend to be on YouTube. If you like watching streamers on Twitch and you want to watch someone that is regularly on, uh, check out our other cohort here at Level Down Games. Uh, It is Kyle, and he streams every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. All the links for that stuff can be found in the description box. And uh, if you're interested, stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook would be the place to do so. Again, all of those links can be found in the description box. Next week, we're going to be doing a special episode because uh, Reggie Fizame, his last day at Nintendo is April 15th, tax day. What a day for to be your last day. But this episode pretends, obviously, it's posting on April 10th. So before he leaves Nintendo, we're going to say goodbye to Reggie here at BG Mania with an episode dedicated to him. And for the music on that episode, it's going to be fun. I don't want to give away how we're going to make the selections. So tune in next week for an episode that is obviously Nintendo music. But we'll be saying goodbye officially. Abide? Did I say abide? We'll be saying goodbye officially. It's 2 a.m. Come on now. We'll be saying goodbye to Reggie fils as he retires from Nintendo. It's going to be a... Uh, I think it's going to be actually a really fun episode because we're going to talk about his his fun moments at Nintendo and, and listen to some great Nintendo music. Frank, we know. Nintendo music's fun. Come on now. It always is. It always is. Taking us out of this episode once again... We have, I'm going to let you pronounce this because I'm probably going to say it wrong. So give us the name of the track, give us the game, and give us the composer. From Mega Man 04, this is Ciel Diob by Ibo Yamada. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.